It is 11.03 and returning to our series we are having about Return to Learn, Minnesota State University. What does it look back come like coming back after COVID-19? There's been a lot of areas of planning, preparation, scenarios of what could happen, structure for our return this fall. And I have on the phone someone who deals specifically with the technology part of it. It is Mark Johnson, the Vice President for Technology and the Chief Information Officer here at Minnesota State. Good morning, Mark. Me on. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I, I know you've probably been very busy with all the planning, being the Chief Information Officer, because when we first found out about the COVID-19 and things were all shutting down after spring break, the students weren't coming back and all of a sudden 3,000 plus classes had to be put online. I imagine that was quite a quite a big change and a, a lot of work for you guys. We did have a mad dash, but I'll <laughs> tell you, the team pulled together and the faculty were just outstanding partners of ours. And and uh, I think we, we pulled off something that nobody believed we could do. And what we want to do from this point forward is what do we learn from all of that? What what can we do better and how can we uh, get, get ready for the next round? So that's what we're talking about today, I think. Well, it took a while. There was, I'm sure there were a few snags here and there, but do you feel like we've worked through most of that in terms of the online learning portion? Yeah, I do. I, I think there were so many things that went well, considering how fast we had to do it. And I think there's a few things that we like to do, we could have done better. And what we're saying is, what are those things that work well? And what things should we tweak and make make better? And then the other piece would is, what part of it is really related to none of us are here? And what part of it is could be applied to when some of us are back? So I think that's kind of where we're at. We're trying to figure out, or what we're not, we shouldn't say we're trying to figure out, we've figured out what we're going to do. So as people come back and have kind of a hybrid between some people are back and some people are not how do we how do we apply what we learned is that what is being referred to as flex sync the type of course delivery that allows students to flexibly attend the same class in person or remotely via zoom and that's kind of your expertise i understand just attending via zoom it's a combination of a kind of synchronous learning where some are in the classroom your teach your instructor your faculty member is in the classroom or may not be in the classroom you may be there some days and not other days depending on your circumstances and it's also other best practices in teaching when we're in a when in a room and some people are in the room and some others are not in the room it's kind of a right it's a kind of a blend of all the best practices that we've kind of been working on over the last few years so what does that really look like when we return to campus? Did that happen in the spring, or is it going to be a little different this fall from what you've learned in the spring? No, it's going to be a lot different because, as as you know, we're likely going to have some people back on campus. Uh, maybe all people will be back on cl- campus certain times. And so we've gone into the classrooms themselves, and we've changed the density of the classrooms to match up with the social distancing things we need. We also are um, looking at how the teachers' stations work and keep them in a place where they can do what they've always done before. But we also have added this flexibility to virtually all of our general purpose rooms that allow people to join the classroom that weren't able to join in the past through the Zoom technology and the integration of things like cameras, microphones, touchscreens, and all with a kind of a simple one-touch now we have more people in the room or different people in the room that aren't, weren't, aren't physically here. And we also have people in the room that are physically here. And how do we keep them safe and in safe distances and, and have great interaction with each other? So how might the classroom look different? I mean, we go to grocery stores, we see plexiglass. I go to the dentist, I see plexiglass. Did you guys go on a, a big buy of plexiglass or is it something different we're going to see here on the campus? 
Yeah, we're still taking a look at the plexiglass element. That isn't kind of a key part of the flexing. The key of part of flexing is no matter what the room is like and what we're able to do as far as the, the distances with students and what how students are able to be on campus or can't be on campus, they will have an experience that's much closer to the one-on-one synchronous experience they used to have by sitting in the classroom. And from a faculty perspective, the faculty will still be kind of delivering the courses more like they did when they had a full classroom full of students, but this will be a, maybe a partial classroom full of students and some people joining via via Zoom. So as far as the physical rooms, you'll see chairs that are spread further apart. You'll see the station where the, the faculty members at is the same, the same control system, same buttons, same screens up that project. You know, MSU or Minnesota State Mankato has been leader in technology in the classroom all we're doing is kind of augmenting that technology with some other features so that people can join from a distance and also be more distant in the classroom but still have that personal feeling that interaction that synchronous experience i was picturing classrooms with do not cross police lines across the the chairs or something so people couldn't sit there so it sounds like physically they've actually moved desk or or seating situation yeah, we're still working through those details. I don't know we've started the process of moving anything yet. We've do, we're doing the design. We're installing the technology in the classrooms. And the idea with flexible is no matter how we end up, how where the chairs are placed, um, how the rooms are set up, with the technology up front and that we've integrated in for the teacher station and also for the students, no matter what it ends up being, how the class is set, set up, it's flexible and can adapt to whatever the needs are. So as, as you know, with this pandemic, almost every day something is slightly different. Right. It's, uh, yesterday it was one way, today it's a different way. This isn't about here's what we think it's going to be like. It's no matter what happens in the fall, students, you can know, you can come back and have an amazing experience with us and a safe experience with us because we've added this capability to the classroom that allows flexible and yet synchronized. In other words, not... Um, like the online classes where you would just go and log in and do it your, yourself all by yourself. No, this is synchronized with the general flow of classroom experience like you've had in the past. So does that mean a faculty member, let's say you had a class at, at 10 o'clock on a Monday, the faculty would be doing that class at 10 o'clock on a Monday and you'd have to be present via in-class or online? Or could it be like before where it would be the class and you could still watch it anytime? That's a great question. Yeah, the the concept is what you started off with, which is if it's a 10 o'clock class, you'll either be in class or you'll be coming in synchronized with the with the Zoom capabilities that we have. Um, we are looking too, though. There may be cases where people will get ill during the class or mm-hmm. fam- they'll have family care responsibilities or maybe they're in a different time zone because they weren't able to come to campus because of other situations related to travel visas or whatever. We are looking at having many of the rooms all all the rooms will have the capability of being recorded too and so they can see it later but the concept of synchronous is yes it takes place at the same time you're joining a class that's being delivered similar to the past now i'm sorry past um we are looking at best practices too and in integrating the best practice concepts of flipped classrooms um maybe lectures that are captured and, and you can play it anytime you want but you have more interactions during the class period and again the flexing capability allows that synchronous interaction to take place whether you're in the room or out of the room whether the faculty's in the room or the faculty's out of the room 
we've tried to make sure we match up with as many of those, what would you call it, use cases, scenarios that we can think of. And then as we see how this pandemic unfolds and as we see what people want to do and what are, they're able to do, we can adjust those rooms uh, but still have that really great learning experience. I know one complaint I've heard of some students, it's, it's not their learning style to learn online, so it was real difficult during the spring because they like that interaction with a faculty or with other students in the room. So for those who are in the classroom, they'll have that interaction there. But for those that are watching, I assume it's via the, the Zoom program, or I don't know if there's another program, will they have that same capability in being able to interact like as though they are in the class? Yeah, and that's what we're trying to create is an experience in which if you come in through a Zoom-like interface, you're still feeling like you're part of a classroom that has people in the room and there's others that are joining as you are joining through a, a synchronous video presence. Mm. And so we're trying to recreate as much as we can. Now realize it's never going to be quite the same. Right. right? But, but as close as we can, rather than have an experience where you're kind of all by yourself, and you're asynchronously, in other words, at a different time, you're working in your class, you're actually joining your class physically in the class or through the Zoom. And if you're in, in on the Zoom, and again, we're having Zoom capabilities in every single room. So it's not just the teacher with their, with, with their uh, workstation. There's a computer, there's technology, there's speakers and microphones in the room. So you'll join them, your presence will be there, and you'll be able to actually interact, hopefully, as much as possible, just as if you're in the room. That's the concept. Now, it, won't, it may not work perfectly like that, but that's what we're trying to create, the environment we're trying to create. You know, initially on, the Zoom was new to a lot of us, me included, and so it took a while to figure out the technology, especially you've probably seen a lot of them where people forget to mute their, their button and it gets distracting. Do you feel like you people have worked out a lot of those bugs, hopefully, by now? Well, I, I think one of the things that we said was is once we got past the initial use of a product like Zoom, we found that that product and the way it was implemented was much better experience than other video mm. um, interfaces like Skype and and Teams and other kinds of chats. So we think that that's improved and people are familiar with it. The other thing we're looking at is are there other things we need to do to augment these lar some of the larger classrooms? Some and we may have people that are assigned as assistants to the faculty members in the room that help with that interaction with the students who aren't there physically. So we'll have somebody that's maybe helping with microphones and, and see if hands are being raised and communicating that um, that there's other people that want to participate. I don't know if you've been on any of these webinars that the university's been offering, but we have people that are specifically on those webinars that are helping folks to interact with this, even in a very large group setting. And so we're, we're looking at not just, like I said, just putting in a Zoom experience in the room. We're trying to get the best practice of how we can leverage that technology, but it recreates the experience as if you're in the room or your faculty member is in the room. And then, like I said, we also want you to be able to come into the room and have this great experience and maybe interact with people who are coming in through the, the Zoom kind of interface. So that's kind of the world and model we're trying to and we will be having, we do have in place, we have a pilot up and running, and we have a class being taught this uh, term that's kind of testing it out, and then we're adjusting it, and then all of our general purpose rooms will be up and running by fall for our students. Which class is that that you, you started with, your very first pilot class? I'm not 
sure I know the name of it. I, I would have to check on that, but I think it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's in the College of Business, oh, but sure. we could verify that for you. Karen. Okay. So what about labs? My, I have a minor in chemistry, and so a big part mm. of that experience was going to a lab and, you know, doing titrations and all sorts of things with uh, the lab equipment, and that's a big part of, if you're going into a science, you need access to that equipment. So how will that work? Mm. Well, certainly we're hoping to have those labs available, and there may yet be some structure around using the labs and how many can be in the labs and if you're physically not here what you do and we are also ha we have another team that's just working with place groups like chemistry and saying what can we do to recreate that experience if we, they can't get to the lab um, and there and there's many many types of labs chemistry being one that maybe certain things you can do through a more of a virtual experience and many things you can't do through a virtual experience so we're trying to find that blend and then when we have the one that can't uh, that you can't use the virtual experience. We're trying to make sure that what we do is create safe spaces where they can have the physical ex uh, lab experience as well. I, I just think that would be one of the most difficult pieces of, of putting that plan together is that hands-on piece, because I know we tout ourselves as being a hands-on university. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think one of the challenges we have is, is we didn't create this problem. We're just trying to find <laughs> ways to solve it. Um, so I appreciate the fact that we wish we could just have everything back as it was, but mm -hmm. what we're trying to do as much as possible is, with the circumstances, be flexible. Have our, our faculty are very willing to be flexible and trying to make sure that the needs of our students are met, that they have the full experience, the full learning experience, the full lab experience, that we're really trying to create that environment. I think MSU as it always is, is a leader in these kind of in these areas and applying technology, but also like you said, we're great at that one-on-one -on -one personal experience. Um, even a large university as we are, um, we are very, very, very dedicated in, to individual students and that individual student experience. How about for freshmen? You know, a lot of times for freshmen, this is a whole new experience, and, and their first year on campus is when they get that close interaction. How will we welcome them and make sure they're able to integrate into this new world? Hey, Karen, that's a question. One of the, I'm going to tell you the three elements of FlexSync that, mm -hmm. I've, that I've been emphasizing as we walked our way through it. And one is what we've talked about. What's the technology? Is What's the best technology? How do we implement all that technology? How do we integrate that technology in rooms? The second piece is how do we help faculty to the, so they create the experience uh, and have the tools to create the experience that matches up to what we've had in the past. Um, so that's kind of that faculty training and faculty mentoring, and, and it's, they've, the faculty have just been absolutely fantastic working with us on that. And there's some in our team and, and the continuing uh, the, the other group that works on campus with faculty is helping the faculty learn how to use these these tools. And, and many of them know it's it's a really uh, fairly simple set of tools. But the last part, so that's the third prong of the of the wheel, is how do we get the word out to students that number one, this experience is going to be as good, if not better, than you've had if you if we didn't have this problem. And then how are you going to use it? So we're creating a series of videos, and I'm sure that this interview will be posted on the website, the Return to Loan website, as are a series of videos we're producing that really help you understand what FlexSync is all about, mm -hmm. and then how do you use it. So we have the idea we're going to prepare the technology, we're going to prepare the faculty, and we're also going to prepare the students. We're going to hopefully encourage students to come and participate and then have them comfortable with what, it, what the environment will be like. And maybe even uh, kind of see it in a visual way through some of the videos we're creating. Now, we've been talking mainly about the classroom experience. How about other experiences on campus, whether it be using the technology through the library or technology, maybe you're in a student organization that normally might be 
doing activities together. Have you been working with that in terms of the, the technology piece of it, and has that changed at all? Yeah, that's a great one we're working on. We just had some great conversations today, not only about how do we have the labs and other things open, how do we keep them clean, how do we keep them distanced, how do we be able to apply the um, the safety protocols that allow those tech, those the technology in those places you just addressed uh, or you just mentioned. Um, how do we do that? But the other side we've looked at is what are the services students need when they're on campus or even if they're off campus, but we're, we're kind of functioning as an on-campus organization again, and what things can we put in place to assist students? So, for example, uh, over, the, over the break, we're working on putting in even more artificial intelligence virtual assistance capability. We call it Ask Stopper. And you can go on to Ask Stopper, and you can ask them questions. And, and, it, and a lot of those questions are easily answered through kind of this what's called a chat bot. And then if they can't get all their questions answered and they can't figure out what's going on, uh, we're adding live chat capability to many, in many of the offices. So you can come in and chat with somebody and still not have to go and expose yourself to other people, and, and, and yet you still get the services of others. And we're also looking at this Zoom capability. We call them Zoom Rooms, which is what the classrooms have. Is the technology is called Zoom Room. We're looking at Zoom Room technology as well. To if you can't meet with somebody but you still have those needs, you get instant access to folks that have the answers for you. So we're working on that. We're calling it kind of calling it our One Stop uh, 2.0 or or FlexSync One Stop. I don't know what the name will be exactly, but we're looking at ways to be sure that the full student experience when they come back to campus is safe, but it also is really helpful to in any needs they have for any needs they have. I love the the ask stomper. I think that's I think that's great. So you can ask them anything, and students seem so tuned into technology. So it's probably a lot easier for them than it is maybe for someone like me who hasn't isn't as astute in that area. So you mentioned faculty training. Is that ongoing? Is that something that's going to be happening, or what are the plans in terms of implementing all that? Yeah, of course, faculty are always learning. They're uh, they're mm-hmm. they're a profession, and there are people at Minnesota State Mankato that are always learning and growing themselves, and they're good good role models for our students. Um, but we have specialized uh, programs, certificates, um, symposiums all through the summer that are available to, to uh, faculty if they would like to use that to get a better sense of it. And all through the next semester, we're not only going to have uh, training available and, and instruction, but we're going to have assistance, people walking around with uh, uh, class to class and helping them leverage that technology. As I said, many times the te- faculty are teaching us how they want to use our technology, but we're going to back them up and we're going to have people available to help them through the summer as the semester starts and even uh, as, as, that, as a class experience starts, people will be there to assist them as needed. Now, we keep talking about Zoom, and that's just the one everybody uses. Is that the best platform? Is that just something, you know, was a product that was out there and people discovered as the best way? Are there other ways, or do you think this is something that we'll continue to use? At Minnesota State University Mankato, we've uh, we've kind of zeroed in on Zoom um, about six months before the pandemic started because oh. it really it, it had become something as far as that product had, had evolved to being super useful, super easy, click it, it works. Um, you have this no delay, um, and then as the pandemic came, we pretty much focused our energy on the Zoom product. We do have other products available to us on campus. Uh, we have uh, some of the Microsoft products, Skype and Teams, and, and in some cases we can apply that technology uh, in certain areas, and it works great. 
but I would say if from my personal perspective, using video conferencing for my entire career, uh, Zoom and the way they've implemented that technology is, is head and shoulders above the rest right now. And so as we always do at Minnesota State Mankato, we try to find the best technology and then make that available to our students, staff, and faculty. And I think Zoom is the best technology at this time. And we'll see the, the preponderance of the uh, video capabilities we'll have on campus will be using Zoom in the foreseeable future. Well, it's been very interesting. Is there anything, Mark, that we haven't talked about that you feel is important for people to know as we return to learn in terms of technology? Well, I think one of the things I'd really like to continue to emphasize, and I've said it a few times throughout, but Minnesota State University of Mankato is a leader in the application of technology to the learning process and the application of technology um, just across the campus. One of the first wireless campuses in the United States that really broadly used wireless 20 years ago. Here we are again, and we're at the really at the beginning, the leading edge. And so if your students are wondering, what kind of experience am I going to have at Minnesota State Mankato? It's going to be a great experience, and it's going to be technology augmented, and I think you're going to, you're going to find it. So I encourage people to, to really come to Mankato and use our technology and, and, and have that great personal experience as well. So I think that's what I wanted to emphasize is we're leveraging technology to make sure we have much more of that face-to-face interaction, but during these difficult times in a very safe and productive way. Very good. Is there a place people can go if they want to find more detailed information about this FlexSync and, and returning to learn via technology? You bet. How about for a really simple mnsu.edu slash FlexSync. Love it. F-L-E-X-S-Y-N-C. Great. We've been talking with Mark Johnson, the Vice President for Information Technology and Chief Information Officer here at Minnesota State Mankato about Return to Learn here on campus at Minnesota State University. I want to thank you for your time and the great information, and I, and I know the plans continue to change, so there's more work to do. As always, Karen, it's great to talk with you, and I'm delighted that we had this chance. Thank you. Have a great long weekend. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye.